Welcome to the Mentis Podcast. Today we have Chris Prefontaine with the, well, Chris, you are such a busy guy. Uh, you have the Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast. You have the Wicked Smart Companies and uh, your best-selling author. We can go over some of these books here in a minute. Uh, but really, you have a rich history in teaching people uh, real estate based on your previous experiences. So uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. You bet. Same here, Nick. Let's uh, hopefully we can have a chat and impart some nice words of wisdom or nuggets while we're doing that. All right. Well, today, uh, as of this recording, 726, Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve is likely going to go up on interest rates yet again, or at least that's what the, the public sentiment is. Uh, how How is that impacting the, the broader market? Where do you think we land by the end of the year? And is this even something to worry about if you're looking to start getting into real estate? And, you know, of course, uh, if you're already in it, how do, how do you think that's playing into the investment? Yeah. I, I know this is a hot topic. And so disclosure, I'm not an economist, right? Uh, but I have an opinion. Um, here, here are a couple of things in no particular order. It, it kills me that everybody thinks like, oh, these rates are high. In the 50 year average, I think sits around seven point something. So let's call it 7.2. I, I think I'm close. And we're not there. So, and there's already affordability issue in, in the economy, right? It's, this has been the case for a while. So, and it's like the third time in, in 50 years that that's happened. So all that to say, if you're in the creative world, creative real estate, creative financing, you can celebrate because the banks are pushing when they do that, whether it's the media screaming or the banks actually raising rates, they are pushing a lot of people aside. Like when they went from the threes up to the sixes, right? So creative real estate, we're buying properties with interest rates of two, three and 4% by buying them subject to existing loans. So that's cool. It's also a fact that when the media is screaming about this stuff, that that causes a little uncertainty. And that's when creative real estate has high demand as well. So in my 32 years, Nick, I, I literally haven't seen sort of like the perfect storm of all this stuff happening at once, the uncertainty, the election coming up, the rates for creative real estate. And it's not to say the other there's other niches that are phenomenal too. I'm saying just specifically what we do, it's, it's one of the best times. Because once you learn how to do creative real estate, once you understand that's a skill set for life and you don't care if the market goes up, down or sideways, it's just a matter of how you pivot in it. Um, and so it might be a long answer, but that's my thought on sort of where things are right now. It kind of reminds me of the saying, uh, you know, best time to buy is when there's blood in the streets, even if it's some of your own blood. Um, you know, it, it it's obviously not a great time, I think, for real estate. I'm definitely feeling for those guys who own a lot of offices. I was just reading an article about a building that, uh, marked down an $80 million assessment wow. for a uh, for an office complex. But that's really not where a lot of people start. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I get asked a lot, how, how do I approach getting into real estate? I'm a police officer. I'm a teacher. I'm a nurse. I'm, I'm doing something other than real estate. Yeah. I'm interested in doing it. Um, maybe I don't want to invest with you, which is fine. I'm not offended if they don't want to invest with us yeah. at our company. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to do it on my own. Uh, where do I start? You know, and I, I struggle to answer that question because it's not something I sit down and like package up nicely a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think that your group, I mean, you guys have a, a, a lot of like step-by-step, -step, uh, you know, answers. So to start, yeah, one of the best things I think that you guys have is buying and selling on terms. Do you mind just going over what buying on our, what, what is buying on terms and like, where would you recommend people start? Yeah. Yeah. So terms is what I was alluding to earlier. My book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. All that is is creative real estate, right? Yep. 
creative financing. Um, as far as where to start, I, I'll give you a formula that I think is good for any niche. I'm biased to ours, but this would work in any niche and frankly, it would work in any business. And that is three steps. One is find a niche that you can get behind. And why do I say it that way? Because like you said, it might be, they might be for you if they're passively investing, they just want to put some money in. They might, if they like sitting behind a computer, not dealing with people, they might get into land flipping with the, with the land geek. I think he calls himself. He's awesome. He's been on my show. Um, or in our niche, we get a lot of people saying, wow, it's like you're really helping people and there's a win-win. So just whatever niche you can get behind. Secondly, then go find someone in the niche that has done what you want to do. And, and I say this with some caution because I'm not saying just business. I know some people most recently met someone who had a very, very successful business, exited out of it. But now he looks back and he's got he's divorced and he lost one of his kids to drug overdose. And that's sad. But I'm saying that's not someone that I'd go, yes, that's the lifestyle I want. Successful in business, but wrecked everything. So I'm saying find someone that's been where you want to go, but also has values and morals and ethics that you like to. Super important. And then third step is the hardest. Third step, especially in real estate, because there are so many cool niches, is put the blinders on. And when I say put the blinders on, put them on for three to seven years and don't sway from that niche. Because the biggest challenge I see is people go, I want to do this with Nick. Oh, no, 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 it didn't work. Three I want to go do this with so-and-so. Stick with it. And, and if you're going to stick with it, what do you got to do first? Just do some due diligence, right? And see if that's for you. We, we give away, we're going to give away a book today, but we give away a lot of free stuff so that people won't just go, well, I want to try it. There's no try in real estate. You will have a miserable time. There's research it, do it, and commit for three to seven years. So that's a long answer, but I hope that answered it. No, that's a great answer. I, uh, the, the committing, I think, is is critical uh, pulling the trigger to start actually is a lot of people's problem is what i've found they, they won't even they won't even pick up one of these three books that we're you know we'll talk about today i mean they, but that's i mean if you can't read a book i, I don't recommend you getting putting putting your money on the street but <laughs> if uh if you are ready to, to move and you're picking up books and you're listening to podcasts and you're getting engaged i like the idea of staying committed that i mean that that rings true with just about everything that jim and you know everything else in life what about the coach aspect though you know finding that person I mean, in my experience, you, you kind of have to just get in the game a little bit or at least or maybe consider hiring a coach or somebody to get you access to the people. Uh, you know, we all we all want time of like the people who are above us. And what, what's your recommendation on how do you get, uh, you know, the attention of somebody who might be already in in the niche that, that you're looking for? Uh, you know what it is? This is a great question. It's being coachable. And people, everyone says, because we make a fill out an application, hey, I'm coachable. But then, you know, life happens. And, and so it's very, very important that they follow whatever system they're in, ours or someone else's. Like we have one of our coaches that developed eight traits of what he has seen for successful people in our community. It's not brain science. It's just make sure you're doing these eight things. If you're doing those eight things, myself or the coaches or my son or son, we're going to be all over you. Because we, one of our values is effort for effort. We match effort for effort. I'm never trying to push a rope and I'm never trying to run faster than you. I'm trying to match effort for effort constantly. So if you're not following those eight, you're not going to get the attention. It's very, very simple. And I use those eight, but just in any program, the, there's a set of rules, right? That, that say, do this, do A and you'll get B. And if you do that, you'll get everybody's attention, in my opinion. Okay. So taking it back, you know, like people might be curious, how did you get started? I mean, you started back in the 90s and you had a little bit of a burn in 2008 which sometimes is the best learning experiences you bet. were you teaching people between 
uh, you know, the early 90s and 2008 where you really just focused on your company? Uh, good question. Um, 90s was building homes and then I owned a brokerage. So in a sense, I was teaching my small brokerage. It was tiny. We, we had some high minimums, so we only had producers. Um, when I sold that to Cole Banker in 2000, then a friend of mine, Richard Robbins, he's still very popular with realtors. He asked me to coach with him for, his, for people in his um, community. Now, I ended up coaching in Canada, mostly Canada, from the U.S., I ended up coaching people that had a gross commission income GCI of like 2 million bucks and up. So I was, I was coaching them on real estate. Sure. But it was more like get the life in order. Cause they were a mess. They were producing, but they were a mess. So that was my foray into coaching, not investors. And then after the crash, I started doing my own deals because I said, okay, well, what am I going to do here? I don't want to use banks anymore. I got stung. So I'm going to buy things creatively. And then people seek me out. One, one particular guy seeked me out. And that's how I started coaching with uh, in the creative space. And that just grew to what it is today. We've hit Inc. 5,000 the last three years in a row. Um, so that that was never my intent. My intent was to go do deals. And then people wanted to learn how to do deals. Okay. So did that profound you know, change in 2008 get you kind of like, is that what made you get the teaching bug? Or is that just something that you've always had? No, 2008 made me get smart about how to do real estate and, and then embrace the creative real estate space. Even though I had been in 18 years before that, I just, I knew of certain aspects. Like, of course, I knew what owner financing meant. Of course, I knew what a lease purchase was, but I didn't get the, the whole system until I tied it all together and then, you know, trademarks and things around it. That was the impetus to do deals. The coaching came organically because this gentleman reached out from the, we have a um, Navy War College here on the island in Rhode Island. And he reached out and said, I heard of you and I'm going back to civilian life. I've had three tours in Afghanistan and I want to do real estate. Will you teach me? That's what started it. And literally one person. And then it grew to what it is today to the Wicked Smart community. It was not, hey, I came out of the crash. And I got a coach. No, I, I had to like survive. They wiped me out. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the fact that you didn't just like, you know, kind of turn in the, you know, turn in the keys and say somebody else deal with this. Actually dealing with the problem really is one a testament to character, but it's a it's a great teacher, and you know we all learn from our mistakes in life. And um, 2008 was definitely a painful one for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I'd say everything we're doing, Nick, today. I mean everything. I had a I had a coaching session this morning with one of my mindset coaches, and and um, she literally had me make a list. It was like 200 items of what came out of that. The coincidental to this conversation, and um, she said, "Wow, like everything you're doing now came from that." I said, "Yep." And I wouldn't, re I wouldn't take it back now, but you could not convince me in February of 12 that, Hey, Chris, this is really good. Cause I would have killed it, <laughs> but it, but, it, but it is, it was really good. Yeah, no, that, that's good. And then, uh, you're, you're, uh, I mean, you spent a lot of time writing, I mean, putting your thoughts together. I mean, this, I mean, this book in particular, the one that, um, you know, is a, is a Amazon bestseller. I mean, this is not a small uh, endeavor here. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty book with a lot of different uh, thoughts. I mean, how are you spending your time, uh, you know, kind of getting, you know, getting this down on paper so that people can pick it up and read it? Yeah, the first one, Real Send Your Terms, was done with the help of uh, Advantage Media, who's now Forbes Books. Um, but they do a really cool thing. They bring you in for a strategy session so they understand you integrally. It's not just fluff. And then they assign a uh, writer with you. So you're hand in hand and then they, they do interviews with audio and then that ends up being written. Then you got to go over that. So that was a long process, like over a year. 
Um, the book you just held up was actually a culmination of a lot of podcast interviews. We're up to almost 500 interviews now. So we took back then one from each niche that we thought would be pertinent for people to hear so they can get to know these other niches. And then we wrote out of that. So that wasn't as difficult, believe it or not, because we had a lot of the content. And then uh, deal structure over time, which is deals uh, that also came from content we had already created and we just put it into print. So there's some, you know, there's some bridges there to do that once you have the content. Well, picking up these books, in which order would you recommend somebody start reading about your company? If, if they're brand new listening to this today, they go, well, yeah. I want to check out the the smart real estate, uh, you know, podcast. I want to, uh, you know, maybe get in touch with you guys. You guys obviously do a free coaching call, which I think is really neat. You're willing to get on the phone with people, but uh, what, what, would you, what would you recommend if somebody's looking to start? Just a um, couple of things. Page. Yeah, a couple of things. We'll give them the book link and it's to the real estate on your terms. And here's why. Sell with authority is more about establishing your authority. Once you're in, uh, the book you just held up is, is a hodgepodge of different niches. Cool, but, but not to bog you down yet. Real estate on your terms is going to give you A through Z of what we do. Now, do you read that and go do million dollars with the real estate? No, but it'll open your eyes to what the potential is. As you as you referenced before the show, there's a couple of students in there. So you get to see different backgrounds. It doesn't matter if you're working, what your background is, you'll, you'll understand that. And then it, I said earlier, I'm big on free because I want people to go, okay, is this a niche I want to attack or not? And so uh, after you go through the book or during, just go to the, the master's class. It's free. If you can deal with my accent for another hour, you can listen to my master's class. And and you'll have a good idea between the book and the master's class, which is like a, a rerun of a webinar. So no one's going to be bugging you. You watch it on your own time. I think you'll, you'll, you'll have enough to know, okay, I want to dig deeper or not. And I can give you those links now or we can wait till the end. It's up to you. Well, but I definitely want to put them at the end. Um, okay. well, I want to piggyback off of that. The, the, in kind of reviewing a lot of the material that you guys had and you know, kind of listening to you guys on your podcast, you're not a uh, high pressure sales. Like this is not like a get rich tomorrow thing. And that is really important to me because like it, people who think that they're just going to pick up this, this book or anybody who thinks that they're just going to be able to call you and you're going to solve life's problems without any effort. That's not right. what you are selling. And if, you know, there's a lot of like gurus out there that will try to get that, which I think is really cool that you guys deliver some of that value without, um, you know, kind of without that having people pay just so they can see that there's there's a real person here with experience and they're going to be able to uh, learn from it. I love that you I love that you bring it up and because I scream about this on shows because there there's a lot of there are a lot of great marketers, right? So they market to you and I get calls weekly sadly and some are six figure answers and the answer uh, the question they ask me is how can I do this Chris? You know, I tried all this all this other stuff and I bought all these other programs and I spent X and sometimes X was six figures and they didn't do a deal yet. And it just, it boggles my brain because they're good marketers. We frankly aren't great marketers, but what I know how to do is do deals. And the coaches now that we have, it used to just be me. They know how to do deals because they came through our system and all our metrics, Nick, all of them are built around deals. For example, we obsess over TTFD, time to first deal. We want to get students doing them more quickly. And our TTFD is getting better and better and better over the years. We don't obsess over how many units of the X product can we sell because that doesn't get anyone a deal. And, and I had a mentor, and this name's not important. I, it wasn't my mentor. He's, he's in our space. He said to me once, your book, you have a whole chapter on what can go wrong. You're scaring people away. And I said, no, I'm equipping them 
to know when they go out there, this probably is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a whole chapter. Uh, so we're an open book. Yeah. We're, and, and as far as the sales thing, you come to our event, you, you'll hear me mention our program because I'd be, you'd be disservice not to, but there's no pitching. It's content rich and you get it. You're, if you're in the room and you want to join, you join. You don't need someone to say, oh, this is fabulous. No, you, you, it's proof of concept all over you. Well, there's a difference between mentioning your stuff and telling people about it and, you know, being like, you're about to miss out on like a very, very good deal. You know, got to go to the back of the room right now, pull out your yeah. credit card. You're already, you know, <laughs> in debt. And like, yeah. I, I've seen all that stuff, you know, it, I, you me both, huh? uh, it kind of, it's kind of crazy. Some of that stuff that goes, goes on, but somebody picks up the book, they read it. They, they give you guys a call. What's a coaching experience look like? And, you know, your typical person, you know, who's like, yeah. Obviously, they want to do a deal. How are you supporting them through it? And kind of, what kind of value, guys? A bunch of things. So I'm not going to hit all, but let me you know, try to hit a few key things that they don't see elsewhere, in my opinion. Um, one is there's weekly group calls. That, that's easy. That's on Zoom. Two is in those calls, when you're what we call an associate, we used to call them joint venture partners. It's just an associate a relationship now. And we're coaching them through that. And people in between the group calls will get the coach's attention to your earlier question. If they're doing their calls, they're sending in call critiques so we can help them get better and they're bringing leads to the surface and they go, ah, what do I do? I'm brand new. Our coaches call those. Um, so another uh, kind of component of our program is we let them come into our office here. Yesterday, we had three people in the office and one of our coaches made four appointments for them in their leads. They brought leads and he made appointments. So they went home and went on appointments. That's pretty cool. So it's all about hands-on. So now while he's doing that, what are they doing? They left here saying, I actually video them because it was so, so profound. They were like, oh man, this is easier than I thought. This is, this is, I'm more confident. I saw how Steve, the coach did it. And oh yeah, you, you guys are real. Like you do what you say you can do. Like we get these all the time. That's why we bring them in here to see what we do every day. We're just in the trenches like them. Those are all components of the program that make it so, okay, I have a curveball. What do I do? Okay. That, that's another piece that we got to touch on. You guys currently have how much, uh, like, I don't know if you guys go units under management or assets under management. What like what is your total right now? We usually go. I look at the three. I look at the three paydays that the community has generated over a rolling average. That's how we exit our properties. We create the the trademark three paydays, and I also look at how many how much real estate is controlled. It's usually like eighty million and up, depending on what time the event runs. We usually pull it at the event, but the the important component of that is. The 80 million controlled real estate is usually with little, it's because most of the deals are none, little money down. We had the whole room stand, Nick, last event. We said, all right, we stand up in the bottom. Uh, stay stand if you've had a deal going to contract in the last, you know, whatever we use, three months. A lot of the room was standing. Most events you get 5% people, of the people standing. We had like 80% of the people standing. Okay, now how much money have you put down? We have people sitting down. The whole room to control that real estate at that particular event last year was like 2,500 bucks. Because our lease purchases are done with 10 bucks, literally, and you can create three paydays worth all kinds of money. So now, to your point earlier, this takes time. There's a skill set being learned here, right? It's not overnight. Of course. And, but once you learn it, whether you talk to me again or not, you get it for life. That's the cool thing. So about 80, 80 or 100 million typically in the community. Okay. And then what about you personally with your company or family? Are you guys owning any anything right now? Yeah. We were uh, going into COVID. We had about 70 something properties going into COVID. And, and this is cool because uh, I'll give you both ends of the same answer to the question. Unlike la a landlord, we had very, very, very few defaults. Why? Because they're not tenants. 
their buyers looking for financing. And if they don't pay their rent, even though the government was allowing that, they lose their option to buy two different things. So that was pretty cool. Um, we don't, so that for us is maybe whatever that came to, maybe 50 or 60 million. We're not as, as aggressive in that portfolio anymore personally, because we're partnering with so many more students, East coast to West coast. So we probably carry about half that now since. Okay. Both. Yeah. So your business model now has kind of shifted to essentially partnering with people who you are coaching. Yeah. And we still do our own, like literally next to me on my right here is my stack of leads. Like I love doing it and I, it keeps me sharp and being able to coach, but I also like doing deals with my son and son-in-law. So we always do our own deals here personally in the three States around us. And then most 80% of our time is going with the uh, partners now, because as we do that with them, think about it, they'll never stop doing deals once they get over the hump and they're not to do it. And then it's a great relationship, healthy relationship. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Once you're in, you kind of locked. Yeah, you're kind of in for for life, or at least you're certainly going to pay attention. Yep. Um, so break it down a little bit. Um, you know, kind of what what is different here about what you're offering than say flipping a house, which I think a lot of people see on TV and that has a shine effect to it. Yeah, they sure do. Um, uh, you know, well, what's different wholesaling? What like what is your your, your guys' niche? Yeah. Okay. So your question, a lot of wholesalers and flippers, a lot are coming in big communities are coming to us going, Hey, can you teach our community how to do what you do? Because a couple of things, flipping and, and wholesaling is very transactional. I have nothing against it. In my first 18 years is all I did. Good checks, but they're one check. So every January, I'd be like, ah, I got to do it again. Right. I got to get back on the treadmill. I got to create the same thing. Unless I have a couple referrals, I got to create the same thing to get to that, whatever income I wanted. Right. So what we're doing is we're putting in place that one check. Sure. That's our payday one. But then we're getting monthly checks. Once you put a deal in place, you can get that payday one. You're getting monthly checks. And then at some point in the future, two, three, four, five years, nice because you can stagger that on the calendar, right? And have all this planned wealth coming out. You have payday three. So it's not so transactional. And you get to, I call it wealth stacking. We help with the students. Like once you get like five or six properties, not a whole bunch, just five or six. We help you start changing some of the terms with the owners or owning them instead of least purchasing them. All kinds of things you can do to stay in it long term. Because a lot of the hosts in the shows will go, yeah, but why do you exit all your properties short term? So we don't. We accumulate five or 10. And then we say, hmm, which ones do we want to keep forever? Which ones do we want to keep longer? Which ones do we want to exit out because we want cash flow? Totally up to you. That's what's cool about creative real estate. So I don't know if I what hit about head or not. <laughs> yeah, well, that, there, I mean, there's definitely different ways to structure deals. Obviously, you guys are doing it uh, in, a, in a creative way. The, the piece that just going over that, I'm thinking about taxes. How do you guys get any benefit of the depreciation? Uh, obviously, the the big negative to just being a wholesaler or flipping a property is the capital gain. I mean, yeah. then then your business partner is truly Uncle Sam. Yep. Uh, where if you hold it, uh, you know, Uncle Sam is actually kind of put in the corner uh, for a lot longer. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of benefits. So how are uh, you guys taking advantage of that? Yeah, out of the three ways we buy, the least purchase, you lose that, to your point. Yep. But the sub two and the owner financing, you gain all that. You have the depreciation. Um, we just did about six different cost seg studies on properties we're going to keep that mm -hmm. we're not going to spin out in two to five years. So you have that option. Now, when people are new, do they gravitate towards the least purchase because it's a $10 deposit and they're not buying? Yeah, they tend to. But the, the more advanced they get, then they start switching to owner financing and sub to their comfort level. I'll give you a quick example. Brian is one of the great students. He's in Chicago, 17-year corporate guy, selling elevators, literally nothing to do with real estate. 
he came in, he did his first eight deals, uh, lease purchase. So he spent literally $10 a deal. His three paydays were a little over 800 grand. And then he finally said, ah, I get what you're saying now. I, I'm not doing anything now unless I buy it. And so now he's switching to sub two. But it was kind of his aha. He had to work his way through. Okay, it's not as risky as I thought. Okay, I can do that. Okay, I have the bandwidth. You know, so it just takes time. But yeah, to your point, it's much, much better to, to own. I just had a, um, a Pennsylvania, a Penn State law professor join the program. And I just talked to her. I literally was in your waiting room. She called. She had her first closing yesterday. She joined us. Knows what the heck she's doing from a law standpoint. Closed her first sub two. And so my closing costs were X. I said, yeah, but Mallory, you now can depreciate that for, for the life of the asset. You're okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's fun to see people go through that transition. Well, I call it getting reps. Every time you get a deal in front of you, even if you're just evaluating it and you're saying no, you're getting a rep. Yep. Um, and, it, you know, I, I, I've been asked by some college students and stuff like, what would you do as your first job if, if you know you're going into real estate? Well, I would always recommend go work in someone else's, you know, real estate shop and uh, maybe be a, um, you know, a, an analyst or somebody who's going to go look for new new deals. And you're really going to get a lot of experience without spending your money. But if you're kind of already into your career and that's not an option anymore, you still need to have, you know, income. Well, getting a coach, picking up a book uh, and, and doing some of these maybe quicker transactions is probably uh, for the best uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. You said that the younger we have, we've had now without soliciting it, three young guys come and say, can I kind of apprentice with you? And one went off and became a student in his early twenties doing deals. One was only uh, interning with us. It wasn't an apprentice. And, and I heard he's killing it in the wholesale business. He just picked up some creative stuff from us and went off and did it 18 years old now, 18. So it's remarkable what, they can, what you can do if you just reach out and put yourself out there. Because I mean, we didn't solicit any of them. They just came in to learn. Yep. And that, that's typically how it goes. I mean, when you're willing to at least ask for the help, somebody's going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, certainly getting into your mind and your team's mind, you, you've written it down. And, and there's, there's really no reason. I mean, you can listen to it in the middle of the night uh, on, on podcast. You can um, pick it up and read it, you know, in you know, over lunch break. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you kind of, you know, giving an overview. If folks are really, uh, you know, ready to take that, you know, next step, maybe even pick up one of your books, where can they find the information and, and what book link uh, can they follow to get this book today? Yeah, I'll give you this link. It's wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Mentis, just so I know it came from uh, your tribe, Nick, and we will honor that. Now, it's not get the free book and only get electronic version or it's not get the free book, but put your credit card in for shipping. We will ship it right here from this building. You will get it. Just give us like 10 days or so. You'll get uh, the real estate on your terms, the best selling. And by the way, that was revised during COVID and it wasn't planned. Uh, we were just in the middle of a revision. So it was good timing. Um, so they'll get that newest version as well as deal structure over time and maybe some goodies in there as well. It, I said earlier, if you want the free class, just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash master's class. And you'll hear me, but you got to deal with that for an hour and you'll get some good content. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with today? Um, I would just tell you the timing is great. You opened the show with that question, but the timing is great once you learn creative real estate. So don't let the media, in fact, shut the media off. But if you happen to listen to them, don't let them sway you because they don't know. Nobody knows. The billionaires don't know. Uh, just get out there and understand how to pivot in any market. and You'll have a great time. Couldn't agree with that statement more. There's always opportunity, arguably more opportunity in yeah. these down markets. So yeah. I guess we appreciate your time and uh, 
hope that you uh, have a great rest of the year. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it.